Welcome to the Life and Times podcast with your host Lloyd Phillips. This is a podcast that's put on for the people, by the people, of the people. I, to be honest, I think I'm the only people. It's all. It's really just going to be me, probably, and uh, occasionally maybe some other people, but. Welcome back to the Life and Times podcast. I'm your host, Lloyd Phillips. This is going to be, uh, you know, a good, exciting show, as they all are. <laughs> so, uh, I hosted slash announced my local Founders Day parade where I grew up and various other stories about that, and you'll hear all those things after a word from our sponsors. Today's show sponsors are Boxing Bear Print Company. You can reach them at BoxingBear.com. It's an independent art studio established in 2011, and they have all your art needs. So, if you really love alternative art prints, I would go check out Boxing Bear Print Company at BoxingBear.com. BoxingBear.com. Get to them now.com. And the next sponsor is... The Cookie Barn Waco.com. They're actually called the Cookie Barn, but that's where you can reach them at the Cookie Barn Waco.com. They're an online cookie company and they have a pickup location and they deliver locally in the Waco, Texas area, but they also ship nationwide. So order for birthdays, anniversaries, reunions, showers, or for any occasion. Just enjoy them yourself. Uh, they also specialize in company and client relations and they have discount pricing. So let your clients know that you're thinking about them and that you appreciate their business. Also, with every purchase, you'll be satisfied knowing that you're supporting an amazing nonprofit organization that helps foster and adoptive families. So, every portion, uh, a portion of every purchase goes towards e1a.org. Encourage one another. e1a.org. Thecookiebarnwaco.com. You know, back back to this excitement, back to this exciting time. Uh, about uh, I don't know, a month ago, three weeks ago, my friend. Uh, from childhood, he said, "Hey, they're gonna make me Mister. <laughs> they're gonna make me Mister Locust Grove." And I'm like, "All right, um, can I drive the vehicle? Like when you drive? I was picturing when you grow up in small towns and it's a uh, homecoming season. That's all I can remember. It was like homecoming parade. They put the um, the court. You know, the the girls who go buy prom dresses uh, for homecoming." They put them on the backs of cars, and then they drive through Main Street, and they all wave like they're Miss America, right? So this this was my image of Founders Day Parade. My friend's going to be Mr. Locust Grove. I say, can I drive the vehicle? Because I just picture him sitting on the back of the car. Uh, his answer, I don't. I mean, I don't think he said yes. Like he was going to be riding on the back of a car, but he's like, yeah, sure. So I totally forgot about that. Like I totally forgot that about him being Mr. Locust Grove because it's kind of a funny title. I, I forgot about Founders Day. I haven't been to that parade in the town I grew up in. I, I Honestly, I was probably 
16, let's just go 18, because if I probably would have been there when I was a senior in high school. But I don't know, 16 to 18 is the last time I've ever been to this thing. So, you know, it's morning time. I get a couple calls like, hey, are you coming to this, uh, you coming to the Founders Day? Which is a funny thing, because nobody's ever asked me if I'm going to Founders Day in the last 20-something years, 23 years. Nobody's even brought this holiday up. It's a holiday in that town, so what I'm going to call it for the sake of this. So I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot. Yeah, my buddy is Mr. Locust Grove. Yeah, I'll be there thinking I'm going to drive the car or whatever. I'm, I'm, whatever it is I think I'm going to do. And so I show up, and in uh, 14 minutes of me being in town, uh, somebody's like, hey, they recognize me. I, somebody that I haven't uh, seen in so long, uh, you know, 20-something years, maybe longer for this particular person. And so she's like, hey, do you want to announce the parade? Now, I'm, I'm very confused because in my head, I'm like, nobody even knew I was coming to this Founders Day parade. Like, who was going to announce the thing before I showed up? I, like, I, I literally was in town 14 minutes, roughly, when somebody said, hey, you want to do it? So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I announced the parade. Uh, it was a, that was a cool thing. Um you know, the speaker systems were set up downtown. I yelled in, in the microphone. I introduced cars and floats and, <laughs> you know, all the parade stuff. All the parade stuff that you'd see. It's not like a Macy's Day parade. Look, for anybody that's uh, over uh, across the ocean, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you have parades in, in your countries also. I'm sure you have parades in the, uh, now back to the United States and in, in your towns. But it's not like a Macy's Day parade. It's not like they have blow up balloons and they got fifteen people walking them through town. It's not. It's not that. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like people piling in the back of trucks, waving. Somebody puts a dress on. There's like Mister and Mrs. Uh, Locust Grove. There's like uh, Prince and Princess. You know, it's just small town stuff. And they throw candy. We're just promoting diabetes all, every day uh, at parades. So this is it, right? Now, I'm, I'm rambling here. But as the people are cycling through, I'm, I'm uh, calling out cars. You got a car club in town. These guys spend all this money, and they put these cars, and I'm sure they wanted me to be accurate, but I don't, I'm not really a car guy in that manner. So I'm just making up car dates. You know, I was like, I, it was obviously a 60s car, and I would just say things like this. 2017 Cutlass, let's hear it for the, uh, whoever was driving. That's what I would, that's what I would do. Well, man, I'm just telling you, when uh, the Roundup Club, <laughs> the, the parades when I was a kid, from memory, there were like 3,000 horses that would walk in the parade. They would The horses would just walk through Main Street, I mean, by the hundreds. This is my, this is my memory. The Roundup Club has appeared, it has appeared to have gotten smaller, uh, you know, throughout my life. It's only like 50 horses, but man, these horse guys, some of these guys are intense. Some of these cow cowboys, if you don't, if you don't say it right, they didn't like it. I only got mean mugged all day long of all the stuff I was making up. And I was, of course was attempting to make people laugh. I only got mean mugged one time because I'm like, <laughs> I think I said something like, uh, before the horses come through, I'm like, Oh, everybody check out this horse. We got a two year old mare stallion mix. And, uh, you know, and I made up a name for the horse. And uh, the guy was, like, staring me down like he was mad that I was calling his horse a two-year-old mare stallion mix. And I started thinking about it after I said it. 
isn't every horse a mare stallion mix? I mean, isn't that how that works? <laughs> I mean, stallions are dude horses. Mares are lady horses. I mean, it just seems like it makes biological sense for uh, every horse to be a mare stallion mix. I'm a little confused where the mean mug can come in. Or maybe I blew his mind. Maybe, maybe I worded it that way and he's like, you know, when he first said it, I thought he was being smart. I thought he was being smart, Alec. This guy's right. This guy's on to something. This is a mare stallion mix. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome for that life knowledge I just gave you. But anyway, I haven't been to this thing in, in so long. It was good to go back. It was super cool. And it turns out that that little place where I'm at, um, now this this is a worldwide thing also because bow and arrows, bow and arrows are everywhere. Some people call it archery. Uh, for the sake of this podcast, I prefer to call it bow and arrow club. So uh, that little hometown is the number one in the nation. I, I think they're national champions, but also ranked number one in the nation, um, junior high. Bow and arrow club. I think they call it archery, but I, I'm, I already said what I'm going to call it. So what they were doing, they had a bow and arrow uh, range set up. And that they were doing it for a reason. All right, look, look, because those kids are small and there's, there's boys and girls, but they're small kids. You know, they're junior high kids. Um, and I think, and, and growing up in that kind of town, there's a lot of people that hunt. So there's a lot of people that shoot bows. Uh, and so I think they were like doing it to, um, not, not humiliate people. <laughs> that's probably what they were doing. Humble people. I think that's a better word. They were doing it to humble people because you get these little kids who are obviously, uh, you know, by ranking, they're the best in the country. And you get these people that think they can shoot bows and arrows and, and, uh, they're like, Oh, you want to challenge one of these kids? And so you like pay money to challenge these kids. And so my friend, because uh, his daughter is in this club, he kept saying, "Lloyd, you got to go over here and you got to challenge one of these kids." And I'm like, "Jerry, now for those of you that uh, that personally know me, uh, you know that I think I'm the best at everything. Uh, even if I'm not, I still act like I am. Um, but but I've I've literally never shot a bow and arrow in my life. And so he's like, "You want to come uh, over here?" And I'm like. Jerry, I don't want to hurt these kids' feelings. I mean, look, they're number one in the nation. That's good for them. But I'm going to walk up and I'm going to shatter them. People are going to start asking me for tips. Like, how do you? How, how are you so good? How do you draw your inner bow and arrow strength? You know, just because my mental game is so tight. My mental game's tight. I, I don't want to crush these kids. But he said, "Let's go over here." So I'm like, "Okay, we can." Uh, I actually I've shot a bow and arrow three times in my life, but I just feel like I had it dialed in. So we go over and. I don't know where this girl ranks in the nation, but she's a part of the team, so um, that's who I challenged. Well, he actually did the challenge for me. I don't even know who it was. Not until they told me who she was. I, I'm, I'm, I know her family. So uh, I'm like, okay, well, let's let's line up and shoot these bows and arrows. And, uh, you know, I beat her. I beat the national champion. So, so really, it's like I'm a junior high national champion bow and arrow shooter. Um, she claimed that she won, but listen, just to, just to set you straight, you know, you got a target, just hold up some, hold your hands up in front of your face and make a circle, an imaginary circle. Cause your fingers aren't going to touch. Uh, and you got to shoot these arrows in this, you know, whatever it is, eight inch circle. Uh, and that's, and that's how you rank it. You know, I guess there's a 
middle target there. But I, you couldn't see it. There were so many holes in it, you couldn't actually see the real target. Well, um, 100 points for a spine shoot, you know, because the target's smaller. Oh, a spine shooting all day long. I mean, these are dry. I would be, if I were hunting deer, we wouldn't be tracking them for two days. You'd just drop them. It's a spine shot. These kids don't know anything about it. 100-point shot. Basically, I beat her by a lot. Um, and I feel bad for her because, you know, that she was probably trying to build some confidence up. She probably felt good about herself. You know, you get somebody like me who's obviously an expert bow shooter after three times, and I just uh, it was over. I'm a champ. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. Pro bow shooting. It's what I did out there. And so, anyway, uh, it was good. The the cool part about, <laughs> I don't know. This isn't the cool part. It's funny. When, you, when you're in a town uh, like where I grew up, there's always some individuals that, uh, <laughs> listen, man, I think I saw John Rambo yesterday. I literally think I saw John Rambo in my hometown. I don't know. This kid, I don't know how old he was, uh, 20s. He was in his 20s for sure. 25 to 30 is my guess. He had, uh, he had some camouflage pants on, and it was tucked into his designer boots. His, his camo pants were tucked into his designer boots. They were cowboy boots, but they had, like, they had a lot of flair on them, a lot of flair. And then he had a black shirt tucked in that was two sizes too small. And, uh, I mean, I thought I was looking at John Rambo. I thought it was the real-life version of John Rambo. Oh, and he had rings on every finger. Every finger had rings. I mean, this guy was... This guy was in it. He was in it. He was in it to win it. I, I didn't see him shoot bows and arrows, but uh, I guarantee uh, he would have beat me. And I just beat the national champion uh, lady, girl. And um, this is John Rambo, guys. I can't believe the city wasn't burning by, by midnight. I'm going to have to bring in the National Guard uh, to do it. But I guess it worked out. He must be more of a city protector uh, than a, you know, a, what do they call him in that movie? Anybody seen Rambo? What are you, a vagrant? That's what that's what they called him. They called him a vagrant. Um, yeah, man, I think he's more of a city protector. That's why it didn't burn, because otherwise it would have. John Rambo was in my tiny hometown where I grew up yesterday, and it was one of the most exciting. It's an exciting time for me, everybody. So, and uh, uh, anyway, I was excited to go back. There is another thing I did yesterday, which I, I hadn't done previous. I, I made my own snow cone. And uh, if you don't, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of you are like, well, that's cool. So you crushed up some ice. I've, I've done that for years at my house. No, I mean, it's fine. I, look, I remember as a kid, maybe putting some ice in a blender, but like I, I made my own snow cone. Like there's an art to it. I didn't know anything about this stuff. Uh, you got to you gotta mold it while it goes. You got to shape it. You know, it has the, the snow cone looking ice everybody knows what a snow cone looks like the first time i'd done that and also yesterday the first time i made cotton candy i didn't know how this works i, I don't know if you know this i don't i mean because you may just receive the cotton maybe you've just been a recipient of cotton candy your whole life you say hey i'll give you four dollars or five dollars whatever it costs if it unless you're at a circus unless when you're a kid at a barnum bailey circus i'll give you fifteen dollars you give me a bag of popcorn or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, cotton candy. Do you know what uh, cotton candy is? I mean, this is what I think I saw. Do you know what cotton candy is? I don't know how this magic machine works. I don't know how it works. You put 
like granulated sugar in a hole in the center of this big circle machine. You put granulated sugar in the hole and then you just hit power and you got to have a stick in there, I guess, because otherwise I don't know how you, I don't know how you pull it out of the air if you don't have a stick. How are they bagging it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for rambling. I don't know how they bag it because I had to have a stick to roll it. When it was shooting out, it just formed. Like, it's like invisible. The cotton candy is invisible, like spider web. It looks like a, a very fine spider web, and I'm turning it. And I, I, <laughs> yeah. for those of you that just listen, uh, I'm giving a lot of hand effort over here for the camera. But you just turn the stick, and then, and then it starts to swirl, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it goes until the granulated sugar that you poured in the hole, uh, it just you don't see any spider webs coming out of the hole anymore. This is the most fascinating thing I've, I believe this is one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. You literally, you put sugar in a hole and it shoots out spider webs. And when you're done, it's uh, it's, it's cotton candy on a stick. I can, do you have to have a stick? Like, do you have to? You know, because you, you go to some of those other events, there's no stick. There's nothing in the center. They just got a bunch of cotton candy um, shoved in a in a bag. So how do you get that? You get you just put your hand in there? It's like, have you ever seen uh, Minority Report? I believe that was a movie. Uh, I forget who was in it. It could have been uh, Tom Cruise. I hate Tom Cruise, by the way. Uh, but And I... Where he's like uh, doing his computers... Up in the air, like it's all virtual. Is that how you make cotton candy with your hands and shove it in a bag? Does it got to be on a stick? Can you not just put your hand in there and just like do a circle? I don't know. If you don't know the process, this is not making any sense right now to you. It's the most unbelievable thing I've seen, really. Um, anyways, fine place. Um, I don't even know how to give it a shout out because I don't know the name of the place. It's a... Uh, it's cotton cotton candy more. I don't know, man. I just, anyway, that's fine. There is one thing I forgot to mention about uh, this parade. You know, when you're when you're the guy who announces, you can do what you want. And so yesterday, I received a, C, a key to the city. I don't know. I I've only heard of those awards on movies. And yesterday, I received a key to the city where I grew up. Uh, and it's uh, you know is a, a high honor to to get the key to the city. Uh, and somebody asked me, I was telling the story last night. Somebody asked, they're like, so was it, did you get like a physical key? I was like, nah, I didn't really get a physical key. And they're like, what do you, so how, what do you mean you got a key to the city? I'm like, I got a key to the city. I don't know what you want me to tell you. And that's the thing. And they're like, well, but how, who gave it to you? Well, I gave it to myself because I hosted the, the founder's day parade and I was the one with the microphone. And so, um, we honor Lloyd, Lloyd Phillips today with the key to the city. I mean, it's it's really a simple deal. There's no more than that. I have awarded myself as spokesperson of the Founders Day Parade when you have the microphone in your hand, and I and I gave myself a key to the city yesterday. It's it's like I feel like anybody seen the movie Mr. Woodcock, the Corn Cob Key to the City. Um, they gave it to Stifler. Was that Stifler? Stifler. You remember that movie American Pie? Stifler. Well, he's in Wood. He's he's in <laughs> Mr. Woodcock. They gave him a corn cob key to the city. I gave myself a key to the city. It happened yesterday. Also, also an exciting thing. You, uh, that's something you should strive for in your life. I mean, when I was growing up, 
I always knew that one day I would get a key to the city. I just didn't know that it would come uh, as early as it did. I haven't even really accomplished anything in life, and I received it. I really think that the reason people accepted me getting the key to the city is because I beat I, – I walked into this national champion archery shooters club, bow and arrow club, and uh, really just knocked them down. Really knocked them down. Well, um, this is the first year of the podcast. I don't know what episode it is, 40 – six or whatever it is pretty close to it being one full year um and a lot of it i started talking about announcing and uh and i'm not like going to go in depth but i am going to say i i i've officially i've closed out my local school system announcing career and uh there's two games left in for this girls soccer team and if they win they win state and that's it like it's cool they're state champions uh i love the three sports i did, excuse me i announced three sports i love two of them um these girls are going to win state and i'm glad to say that uh it's my last soccer game that i've announced you can about mark that one down and so at least the team that i announced that year is state champions i'm going out on top is what i'm telling you I'm a hundred percent going out on top. So, I mean, I feel, I feel pretty good about it. I feel real confident in my abilities of announcing. And, uh, I think I produced a state champion. That's what I think. I think I produced a team of state champions. Um, I've been really, really inspiring out there. Soccer is a big deal. I mean, uh, you go out, you announce the roster, uh, you start the clock, uh, you say the score at halftime. Um, you say the score at the end of the game, and you yell goal when they score. But, uh, you know, I just see the looks on people's faces uh, when I yell goal. And uh, really, I'm really the heart and soul behind this behind this team, I think. But here's the thing with, uh, with this announcing. They want you to say goal. So if anybody's ever watched soccer before, um, there's one thing that you would know as a non-soccer fan. Here's what most non-soccer fans know, to include myself. I didn't grow up watching soccer. Most non-soccer fans know one thing. When they score a goal, the guy, the, the announcer guy, at least on TV or maybe even in the stadium, he yells goal as long as he can. He holds it out for like a minute. Well, I, I didn't hold it out for a minute because it would seem mildly annoying <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, so I didn't like hold it out. But uh, the other day, they score eight goals. The final score is eight to nothing. The third goal of the game, I believe it was the third goal. The third almost goal. Uh, I got really fired up on that one. Like I really, like I really hammered it up. Like uh, <laughs> this girl scored, and I went go, and you know, I, like held it out for a minute, and. Uh, and I, like, finished. I wasn't looking at the field. I was so into the moment when they scored the third goal, like, really, really hammered it home there. And after I finished yelling goal, it was silence in the stadium, and uh, somebody, <laughs> some fan down below turned around. He's like, it wasn't a goal. It was offsides. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I, I felt like I was a failure. At soccer announcing at that time, uh, and it just reminded me when when I was told that it just it just made me think right then. You know what? 
I'm not announcing this sport anymore. I'm not doing it. I've had, I've had enough of it. But but I'm going out on top. I feel like I'm going out on top. They got two games left. And uh, I think we're going to be state champions, and I'm cool with it. I'm cool with getting this ring. I'm getting this. I'm going to get a ring that says announcer. That's all I want. Just a ring that says announcer. And then I'm going to wear it all the time. And people are going to be like, uh, what is that? What did you win? I'm like, um, I was the heart and soul behind the state champion team. And they're going to be like, what? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the kids couldn't have even done it without me. And that's what I'm going to tell people. And I'm fine with saying that out loud. Some people were like, you don't even know the sacrifice that I've made as a parent my whole life. I've taken them all over the country to play soccer. What have you done? I'm the heart and soul behind the team because I announced the games. What do you mean? What have I done? I don't even know what to tell you. And for anybody that argues with it, I don't even know what to tell you guys. I really don't. I can just tell you we're going to be state champions. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to have a ring says announcer. I don't know what else to tell you. Anyway, uh, hey, I hope. I hope everybody had a, a good Mother's Day. I hope that you did. Um, you know, I, I, we went out to eat in Tulsa. Um, and we went later because my thinking was, which is horrible thinking, by the way, but my thinking was, hey, let's go eat later because the lunch crowd will die off. Well, that's actually not a thing for Mother's Day because when there's a city... The greater metropolitan area, there's a million people in Tulsa. Um, in that area, I just said. So, there's a lot of people that have the same idea I did. So, when we show up, like at 2 o'clock, thinking that lunch crowd's over, no, it was still slammed. Unbelievably slammed. And to be honest, then you're going to have the people saying, hey, let's just go eat an early dinner, like at 3 or 4. It's going to be slammed all day long. By the way, this is how the this is how the holidays work uh, at restaurants. But wasn't a thinker. Went. It was fine. We ate. Um, why am I telling this story? So they're like, "Hey, we're going to go on this uh, little mini vacation, like a weekend trip, in a couple weeks." We're like, oh, "I need a swimsuit, and the girls need these uh, outfits, an outfit." So I'm like, "Okay." I thought the mandate mask, the mask mandate was over. Like I thought it was. Now I'm not saying this like to argue about it. Like I don't. I mean, I mean, look, some people are uh, compromised. I get. Look, oh gosh, I don't want to get political. It's not part of this thing. But I don't think it's as bad. Look, people died. I had it. It's real. I I can't. You cannot deny. Uh, but I don't believe that it was as crazy as as people said. Some people did pass away, and I and I hate that uh, for some of my own personal friends, family members. But I don't believe overall it was as bad as as uh, people say. So anyway, uh, I walk in the store, and I I just walk in. But I did immediately notice that every single person in the store had masks on, and I'm like, well, this is confusing because nobody's wearing them anymore. Nobody wears them at restaurants. Nobody wears them anywhere. Uh, but somehow at this particular store, everybody had them. And then my wife got stopped by a store employee. She's like, you need a mask if you're going to be in here. So they took, they took her mask. My wife called and said, they're making me wear a mask. So I said, oh, well, get me one. <laughs> Cause that means I was next. Like they're going to come find me. And so she did. 
and I and all that's fine. But I thought the mask mandate was over where I live. Is it not? Like, is it not a thing? I don't. I mean, do you guys remember when it started? You remember when all this started? Um, because it was really happening, right? You, you it was it was spreading. People were getting sick, you know, because they were in the hospitals. Like, so it was it was not good at first. Um, but then again, I I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't personally know anybody that got COVID for, until like six months later. Nobody. I didn't know anybody who had it. Um, but then it finally hit where we were at. So in that time period uh, of that happening, though, for six months, like nobody nobody even knew had it once again. But I put on <laughs> – there was a shortage of alcohol. There was a shortage of, uh, of sanitation wipes. There was a shortage of hand sanitizer. I put hand sanitizer on every five seconds of every day. If I touched a surface, it's like I could feel COVID on my finger. And then I would go sanitize. I couldn't even I couldn't wouldn't I couldn't even touch myself. Couldn't touch anything. My clothes. It's like I could just feel it on me. Right? So I was doing that for a while. I don't even I don't even I don't even I mean I wash my hands. But not obsessively. I don't carry hand sanitizer anymore. I don't do any of that stuff. Nobody I know has had COVID, literally, in the last five months. The fact that they're still making me wear the mask is, honestly, it's kind of infuriating. And for anybody that wants to argue it, look, you're not following this mask policy. It's funny that even people get annoyed by it anymore or like get offended by it because it's not like they're – you don't go see your own family. You haven't saw your family in the last year. You you don't go to a family function, a Thanksgiving, a Christmas, a birthday. Like you don't go to any of that uh, anymore unless you have a mask on and ensure people set six feet away from you. Even even if you act like you're offended by seeing other people out in the store not wearing a mask, you you're not following this rule. Most people are not following this thing all the time. Even if you're a mask wearer, are you really six feet away from all your family? Because um, you don't know where your family members have been. You don't know who they've been around. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it anymore, to be honest. COVID is 100% real. I just don't buy the severity anymore. I've, I've just kind of had enough of all that stuff. You know, it's like, at what point does it end? When does it, when does, when does it stop? I mean, it's summertime, and like uh, the Olympics are coming. I read this thing this morning, and to be honest, I don't even know. I have I have no idea if it's summer, or winter Olympics. I guess it's summer because we're having them in the summer. Uh, but whenever, whenever that, whenever it comes, um, the this next Olympics that's in Japan, uh, they're not going to let people's kids go. People can't attend the Olympics. I guess uh, whatever I was reading, I don't know. But you can't go watch the Olympics. Seriously, like we're still doing this game. <laughs> When's the last time somebody tested positive for COVID? But like for real, and 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 mass numbers had it, and it's still spreading. I don't know of it at all. Like I literally, I, I don't. Maybe and maybe I'm fortunate to be in the area that I'm in. Uh, I don't know, you know, because I don't, I don't want to bash it. Once again, I had it. I'm not saying it didn't exist. I just say I'm just thinking that the level in which People are taking it. It's just absurd that it's still at this level really is what I'm saying. And it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter what side you fall on the political spectrum. Um, 
I got friends and family on both sides of the aisle. I got friends and family who are hard, hard sided on both sides of the aisle, not wearing mask because it's, it's just absurd. When's it stop? I mean, so whatever. Sorry for rambling about that. That's probably not funny at all, but, uh, <clears throat> I'm just not doing it. I did put a mask on though. Cause they made me see, I'm not above that. I think it's stupid. Like I do not like it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the, listen to this word. I'm not going to be the Karen in the store saying, I'm not wearing it. I will not wear it. Look, I'm not an idiot. If, if, uh, if that's your store rule. Okay. Well, I'll do it. Cause I'm in the store. I think it's the stupidest thing ever, especially when you walk out into the rest, literally the whole rest of the city, no matter where you go, nobody's wearing it. I wearing the mask. I, I, yes, I think it's, I think it's absurd. Anyway, well, I appreciate uh, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to like transition to get off here. Uh, after I just ramble on about something that's completely not funny. And, and, and it, it's like a hard line political kind of thing. So like now some people are mad. I apologize. when not try to like make you mad. I'm just saying it when, when's it stop? I mean, I just, I was around thousands of people yesterday in my hometown. Nobody's wearing a mask. Nobody cares. I mean, move forward. I mean, uh, flu happens every year. Also, I realized the numbers were different. It's fine. I don't need this argument, but, but, uh, flu every year people don't just sit in their house and wear nine towels around their head when they come out not around their head but around their face like nobody covers their mouth and nose with nine towels just when the flu's happening i'm just saying you know let's just be normal let's move forward everybody get along i get tired of all the crap and i get tired of the negativity in the news i don't even watch it anymore i've had enough of it so well, anyway, I uh, appreciate everybody listening in. Love everybody, and uh, have a good week.